Hello, Aisha. How are you? Welcome to Global Perspective. I'm so excited to have you on today's show. Hi, Noor. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and I'm doing really well. Thank you. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm going to tell the listeners a little bit about you. So you are a registered psychotherapist, somatic specialist, and a yoga teacher, which is amazing. And would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I kind of found my way into this field by coincidence, really, and just followed my curiosity and ended up where I am. Um, I'm registered in the UK as a psychotherapist. Um, So my title in Bahrain is a counselor. And I also specialize in somatics and bridging the many aspects of our psyche that are actually being expressed in our bodies and our physical symptoms, along with in our relationships with more traditional methods of psychotherapy. Wow, this is perfect because this episode is let's talk about mental health. And of course, there's a huge connection between mental health and physical health. And Mm -hmm. you mentioned somatic. What exactly is somatic? So when we talk about somatics, we're talking about the fact that the mind and body are really two aspects of one whole that can't truly and completely be separated. We often talk about the mind as if it's its own entity and then the body as if it's a different thing and then we're trying to bring them together. And the reality is that the body and the mind express themselves through and in each other and they really are just two different entry points to the same thing. And that's what somatics is all about, is using the body as a bridge and a way to better understand ourselves and the psyche and collective consciousness, really. Wow, that's awesome. So I have a list of questions because I'm really, really curious about the subject. Listeners are curious about the subject and mental health is something that a lot of people all over the world go through. And I want to dive right into the first question is, why, why is it important to have the conversation about mental health? I think it's just as important a conversation as talking about physical health. You know, we know that drinking water is one thing that is important for our health. We all know that we need to eat every day to breathe good quality air every day, to mm-hmm. get some sleep every day. And really mental health is just an extension of all of that like everyone is human everybody has a mind everybody has a psyche and so just as we would want to go to the dentist every now and then to take care of our teeth we would also want to make sure we have some form of mental hygiene to take care of this really essential aspect of who we are as humans absolutely like I completely agree and since uh, we're based in the Middle East region why do you think there's such a huge stigma about mental health in the Middle East, you know, especially when you talk about like psychotherapy and therapy, do you think that times are changing and we're accepting it more? Yeah, it's really interesting. Times are definitely changing. I'm, I have the very fortunate and privileged position to get to see the change in front of my own eyes and to get to meet people who say that they've considered and thought about therapy before, but never really felt like it was comfortable and safe enough to actually seek help until more recently. Um, I feel like the stigma is quite global in many ways. Maybe it's a bit more apparent in the Middle East, but I think that 
to some extent, the stigma does exist in many different places all over the world. We might be a bit behind because it is a relatively, and I'm and I'm saying relatively here, but under a yeah. newer field in the Middle East. I know therapy is beginning to grow more in Bahrain, but if you went back to even 10 years ago, we didn't have that many therapists. Sure, we had some, but it wasn't very openly spoken about people didn't know where to find therapists and mental health professionals and it was always mental health was always linked to mental illness and I think that that yeah mix up in the way we define it has been a big factor in creating a lot of the stigma is that we think that you know someone experiencing natural human challenges and ups and downs is mentally ill when it's like, no, they're actually just being really human, you know? And just one last thought around that question is that I do believe that there are cultural values that play a role in um, a lot of Middle Eastern societies have this idea of what will people think? And if somebody knows, yeah, absolutely, that's where that comes in, you know? And I think, again, that's shifting a lot with the newer generations and, Now that we have more conversations in the Middle East about it, I feel like it's been a lot more normalized. And again, I'm really happy to see the change in front of my own eyes. So I'm really excited about where we're going as a Middle Eastern society. Yeah, absolutely. It's nice to see the progress and people are being a lot more open, which brings me to the next question. How can people easily open up about their mental health struggle? Because there's such a huge fear of them being judged. Yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know about the word easily. I think it, it is challenging when we first begin to open up. Um, you know, it's it becomes really important to gauge who we want to open up to and who we want to share this with. So people always talk about, you know, open up, talk about your feelings. And it's like, you first want to assess who feels safe enough to have that conversation with, yeah. you know. Even when you're talking to a qualified professional who you know is professionally bound to keep your information safe and to can, you know, maintain confidentiality, you still want to make sure it's someone you feel comfortable talking to. And so I would say look for people you feel comfortable talking to, whether it's a friend or a professional. There are people in our lives who we absolutely adore and who we know love us but may not be able to meet us where we're at and say the right things that make us feel heard and understood. And that's a big part of what gets in people's way. So having the discernment to know who earns the right to hear your story and your challenges and can non-judgmentally support you. So that non-judgmental element is really important. And I know as a professional, that is often the main thing that clients come back to me about and say, you know what, I felt really safe here because I felt like I wasn't being judged. And I have friends who say the same thing about their experiences, whether whether with other friends or with myself or with family members, it's like when somebody doesn't judge them for being human, that's where they feel safe. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. Whenever you feel comfortable opening up to somebody, it's a lot easier because you won't feel like they're judging your decisions or what you're going through. While I feel like sometimes when you tell, you know, like close friends and close family, they won't be able to get it as much sometimes yeah sometimes they're skewed by their personal perspectives and their personal 
well, very well-meaning and loving agendas for what they want for us, um, even subconsciously sometimes. Um, but yeah, it it is it can be challenging to open up at first. And I think just being okay with that discomfort and knowing that that discomfort and leaning into that discomfort is a sign of courage, as long as we're choosing, again, the right person who is safe and non-judgmental and is going to be empathic and supportive to the best of their ability. Yeah, for sure. I completely agree with that. And what what do you feel are the steps that are being taken that are helping people cope with their internal struggles now that they're able to open up more? Mm-hmm. In professional settings or are we talking in general? Um, you can... You can mention professional in general, like in a very generic way, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm a big believer in creating more conversation around it. I think the more we talk about mental health and the more we understand that it's a universal thing, the more we destigmatize it and enable people to find the safety within themselves to actually reach out for support if they need to, or even figure out on their own, what it is that they want to do and where they want to go from there. So I think one of the steps is to always create more conversation. Um, That's a big thing that I find myself driven towards is just normalizing it, talking about it, you know, removing the shame and the invalidation around a lot of uncomfortable and challenging experiences that we can sometimes have as human beings. And in terms of in a professional setting, I think, again, we start with that. We start with normalizing and validating what people go through. Um, people often come in having shamed themselves for not feeling better in a certain situation. And it's like, no, it's okay. You know, you're, you're entitled to feel the way you do. Now let's figure out what to do about it. So we really start with that. We really start with giving people the, re- the reassurance and the support that they are fully entitled to their feelings and that their feelings are normal and natural and human. And then we begin to explore what their resources are. Because here's the thing, we've all gone through a variety of challenges up until this point in our lives. And so in order to get through those challenges, we already have Mm -hmm. existing resources within ourselves. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we don't even realize we have them. So a big part of what we do when we work with people is we begin to notice and discover what incredible resources they already have within themselves. The resources that are available, yeah. Exactly. And capitalize on that and continue to further develop that and also introduce different kinds of resources and um, psychoeducate them about what's going on internally or even relationally with the people around them and then what other possibilities they get to explore what other tools they can learn and try and apply um and yeah we generally take it from there that's true that means you know us talking about this on the podcast is a step in the right direction (laughs) absolutely yeah yeah and since you mentioned you do a bit of yoga how has yoga you know helped people with mental health issues oh um yeah yoga has been a part of my life for 10 years now and um it's incredible there's so much fascinating research on yoga and movement in general really and incorporating the body into supporting our holistic wellness whether that's mental health or many different other aspects of our health but one of the ways is that when we move whether it's 
through yoga or other forms of movements, our body and our brain starts to secrete certain chemicals and neurotransmitters into our bloodstream that literally influence the physiological functioning of our bodies. So when we've got more endorphins, more adrenaline, more... Um, there's another hormone that's not coming to me right now, but it, serotonin <laughs> is one of them. Um, these are actually natural built-in mood regulators, natural built-in painkillers in our bodies, um, attention enhancers. And so we actually start to create f- shifts in the physiology of the body that yeah, is holding I, I noticed, these emotions. Yeah. yeah, I notice like when I work out, like I feel super happy, like even when like I take a jog in nature, even though like I don't do yoga, but I do like other forms of exercise I just automatically feel fulfilled and happy after doing them exactly it's yeah. it creates such a shift and it doesn't even have to be like a full workout it can be five minutes of moving around you know um sometimes even like rolling around and stretching on the floor in different ways um the reason why yoga has been so popular in research around mental health is because most approaches to yoga emphasize Uh, an attitude of mindfulness and actually creating awareness and connection and interest in what's going on in our internal experience. And there's a lot that we can learn from that about how to then manage and yeah, yeah, yoga and similar disciplines that emphasize that internal awareness and mindfulness. Um, There's a lot of empowerment that comes through these practices because it enables us to discover a lot of insightful things and then also explore broadening our possibilities and learning new tools and expanding our potential and how we deal with challenges. That's true. Yeah. And especially when you do yoga, like meditation comes into play as well. And that's also really helpful for the mind to get rid of anxiety and stress. And now delving into the next question, I think this is interesting because right now like in some schools you know they're learning about like farming and sustainability and you know growing organic so do you think there should also be education in classrooms about like mental health issues you know maybe when like the kids are a little bit older oh one million percent um definitely I you know I look back and I'm like We were never really taught in school how to manage difficult emotions, you know, and that's like never. And it's, it's such a universal human experience. Everybody is put in situations where we're triggered and an old wound of ours is touched. And that's completely natural and completely human. And yet we were never really taught how to cope with it. And we develop our own ways and some of them work and some of them can be quite dysfunctional and can re- lead to either relational conflict or actual actual like physical health issues. Mm. And so I think even just learning coping at a young age, um, learning that feelings, like people hear this as adults and they go, yeah, we know that feelings are okay. But the reality is there's often a judgment attached to certain feelings and, and it varies from person to person. But If children can have safe conversations in classrooms where they notice and realize that everybody is having different experiences, even if they're experiencing the same situation, and that each person comes into a situation also carrying their own stuff that they're dealing with, it develops a lot more empathy. It develops a lot more compassion for both ourselves and others. 
And we become a lot more skillful at navigating our internal world, worlds and therefore better able to relate to others. And that just pours into every other aspect of society. So, you know, if we're going to talk geopolitics, if we're going to talk environmental wellness and like, you know, the the um, decline in like species diversity, all of that is influenced by how we are within ourselves and how we show up as human beings into the world. And so those foundations get created at a really young age. And if we can reach children in schools at that critical time, we can create a lot of powerful change. That's true. I feel like if it is like, I completely agree with you because if we're taught about it in school, it definitely translates into emotional maturity and it's going to help people with their communication skills as they're older and not have a fear about like speaking about their true emotions or feelings Mm -hmm. and also knowing that it's safe to feel those feelings as long as we know how to deal with them it's like it's like it's it's safe to drive a car if you know how to drive a car but if you've never been taught and you kind of have to figure it out you can manage certain things but you can also screw other things up um and it's or you can manage it but it takes a lot of trial and error and and by the time you figure it out there's so much that you also need to sort out that you couldn't deal with at the time and so it just enables us to experience life with more harmony and ease that's true And I have like one little extra question because, you know, when it comes to mental health, like a lot of people are chasing happiness. However, happiness is an emotion that you feel momentarily. So how do you alter their perspective when when they say, Mm. I just want to be happy? Yeah, Um, I mean, A, it's understandable. Happiness is a lot more... Uh, easy and enjoyable to experience True. than some of the other emotions on the human spectrum. Yes. Um, the thing about happiness is that happiness is linked to an external outcome, like you mentioned. Whereas when we approach life from an experience of cultivating joy, as in savoring the small stuff, like how it feels to take a big breath in right now and just yeah feel where the breath travels in our body yes. you know or like I have a I'm, I have a blanket draped over me and just to feel like <laughs> oh the warmth of, of the blanket feels really comfortable or the texture of the blanket feels really enjoyable you know to delight in the sensory experience that is always available to us um to take moments to enjoy and even practice gratitude and look for gratitude in the most unexpected of places. So one thing I enjoy doing um, is when I've had a really difficult day is to go, what went well today? And there's a part of me that's always like, oh, screw this. I'm really not interested (laughs) in looking for something to be grateful for. But it's a fun challenge to explore can I hold both truths together? We often think in black and white. We often think we're either happy or we're miserable. We're either satisfied or we're dissatisfied. And often we can hold various truths together. If I can hold the fact that, for example, I'm holding a lot of fear about a certain situation in my heart, 
on a given day, but then can also hold the fact that, you know what, also the smell of the flowers in my office is giving me a lot of joy right now. If I can hold the two realities together, that gives us resilience. True. And it also gives us a little bit of strength and also helps us relax more, I guess, you know, just analyzing and assessing our situation and being quite realistic about it. Yeah, I mean, the reality is change is an inevitable and constant part of life. And when we remind ourselves that nothing is permanent, including pain and challenge, at times when we're not feeling happy and we're like, but I want to be happy, that can be a reminder that we'll get there eventually. Everything moves in cycles and seasons, just like nature. Like we have so much to learn from nature and it's seasonal and ever shifting um, and adapting dynamics and Yes, we can learn tools. Like what I would say to someone who says, I want to be happy is we can learn more tools. You can expand your repertoire, get to know yourself, get to know what helps boost you back up when you're having a difficult time or who makes you feel better when you want to feel better. You know, learn what resources you already have by exploring and noticing what's been working for you so far. And also the practice of learning again to hold multiple different aspects of our experience together at the same time you might not be happy in a certain aspect but look for joy in other especially non um especially aspects that don't just depend on external circumstances yeah i completely completely agree with that point and statement which brings me to my last and final question are there any advice and tips you'd like to give the listeners about taking care of mental health and well-being things that you know you feel you feel like the listeners like really need to hear something you really want to bring attention to I'd say honor yourself like we're often harder on ourselves than we are on other people and if we could offer ourselves the compassion and the care and the kindness that we offer the people we love the most, things can transform a lot from that place. So honor whatever you're going through. Remind yourself that whatever you're experiencing is completely valid and completely okay. Know that you are incredibly resilient because you're right here right now, having made it through so many different challenges and amazing moments in your life. And all of those different experiences have, and all the different people in your life, the people who've supported you, the people who've challenged you and everything, you know, all around and in between, everyone you've met, every experience you've had has resourced you in so many different ways. And you are incredibly resilient and You can sometimes find some of those resources on your own, but if you feel like you would like more support in discovering those resources and find someone, a friend or a family member or a professional, someone who feels safe, who you feel you can trust and can reach out to. And there are many people who can support you on your journey. We as humans are interdependent and it's kind of part of the beauty of being human is that we can find so much support in each other. So give yourself the permission to seek that support when you need it. And yeah, well done you. You've made it this far, you know? Exactly. That's what I feel as well. I feel like if there's a struggle holding it in, it's not going to help. It's always better to speak about it and say something. Never, never hold it in because that's just going to result in a huge, huge mess. 
and and also learn what works for you like you know there might be a certain challenge where someone thinks you know what i don't want to talk about it i want to go take a walk or i want to cuddle with my i don't know puppy or whatever it may be um we can get to know ourselves to the point where we know what trigger can be comforted by what resource we have and sometimes many times talking to people about it makes us feel better um but for some people that's not what they have been accustomed to and so learning to find that comfort in talking to others can take time and in the meantime there are many other resources that you can access whether it's listening to your favorite music or dancing around in your room or going for a nature walk or whatever it may be just know that there's a wide variety of things you can do and start to notice and explore that more consciously you're probably already doing a really good job at it but just pay attention to it more and make it more bring it to your awareness so that you're better resourced whenever any challenge comes is what i would say that's perfect and that's the perfect send off for our listeners I just want to say thank you so much for giving me your time today in order to be on the show. I'm so grateful that we're bringing more awareness to this topic. It's not like as taboo as it was like previously. And it's mm-hmm. something completely normal. So I'm really, really grateful that you're a part of the show today. And y- you've made me learn so much just within this few minutes of speaking. <laughs> Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. And thank you for having me and for creating this platform where people can be a part of these really important conversations. So thank you for being a part of it. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, here in Global Perspective, you know, we're aiming to talk about everything. We're aiming to inspire everyone or I'm aiming or, and I say we because I think of it as a joint effort between the guests on the show and I. So I feel like this mm-hmm. is one of the shows that that is going to inspire people as well so that makes me really really happy <laughs> amazing best of luck with it i'm really excited to see how it continues to unfold for you thank you so much i truly appreciate it and i wish you the best of luck in what you're doing i i can see that there's been amazing progress especially you know from senior social media and all the changes that are happening right now and the fact that we're speaking about it it's just above and beyond literally thank you all righty so i hope you have a wonderful wonderful day and we're going to be posting this podcast as soon as possible we're going to be available on spotify google podcasts anchor and yeah i hope all the listeners enjoy it and if there's anything else the listeners want to hear just let me know <laughs> amazing thank you so much and have a lovely rest of the day and week thank you have a lovely rest of the day and week for you as well (laughs) thank you bye bye